Welcome to Emirates Podcast, episode number 56. This is your host, Suman Silwal. Anything can happen on race day. You're in the moment, you're tired, you can make a bad decision. This episode is brought to you by Seven Bridges Marathon. Visit emruns.com to get 10% discount on all Seven Bridges Marathon events, including marathon, half marathon, and 5Ks. See you at the starting lineup the Seven Bridges in October. I'd like to welcome Derek Murphy to Embron's podcast. Derek, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you? Great. Derek, you are the founder of MarathonInvestigation.com and uh, a lot of work you do, we read uh, in the internet and blog posts, and it's very interesting. Uh, so tell us about what you do. Basically, you're right. I started the blog Marathon Investigation, and the main purpose of that is just to you know, go through race results and look for you know people cheating at marathons, uh, pretty much what you would expect. I typically focus on people that cheat to, you know, with Boston qualifying time. So, because I can't look at everybody and there's different levels of cheating. You know, so what I kind of focused in on generally is, you know, Boston qualifiers and people who, you know, cheat to obtain Boston qualifying times. Is that how you started to just to look at uh, Boston qualifying time? Because recently I have seen at a many different level you investigate. Yeah, it's kind of, um, I mostly started looking at Boston qualifying times when I put up the blog. Um, again, that's what kind of made sense to me. Um, and then as more people found out about me and it's kind of got a broader audience, you know, I'm, I'm finding out about different types of, you know, cheating, um, you know, like that the charity runner types. Uh, I mean, I wrote about a triathlete who was, you know, supposedly cut the course in the same time. There was questions about his fundraising. So I, I wrote about that. Um, so yeah, so I've kind of branched out a little bit in my um, writing, but still my main focus on and most of what I actually, you know, work on behind the scenes, whether I write about it or not is, you know, is cheating for the, you know, Boston qualifying times. Before we go deep on this interview, I just wanted you to tell us uh, how did you really got started? Uh, what was your motivation when you started? I was like a lot of people following, I, I'd get interested in the cheating stories that I'd see on the message boards, you know, starting with, you know, Kip Whitten, uh, if you're familiar with him, and then, of course, Mike Rossi. Um, and I was following that on the Let's Run boards for quite some time. And really, you know, it was to me, I know there was a backstory with him um, where he, you know, wrote a run, uh, letter when his kids got, um, he took his kids out of school to watch him run Boston. He wrote a letter to the principal um, and that all went, kind of went viral. And it turns out he cut the course in his qualifier. So people were just dragging that one into the ground, spending weeks and months and now years about this guy. So um, my thought was, how many more people will cut the course to run, you know, to run Boston? So I just looked at a random result and found a, I found somebody right away that had cheated with the Boston qualifying time. And um, it kind of went from there. I decided to put the blog up more just as a way to kind of communicate with a handful of people I knew who were interested. Never thought it would become anything big. And so it just kind of, you know, and then it, it really just grew from there. Definitely. I think uh, that was 2015, correct? The, the one. Right. Yeah, I, I was at that race uh, itself. So, yeah. So it's again, I wasn't really involved in the whole initial Mike Rossi investigation, but that, that's you know, I was de definitely interested in it. And um, the reason I created the blog was just kind of a way to kind of capture all the information that I would present to a race or you know, as we kind of investigate. So it wasn't really meant to be this public, you know, forum or a news source, as it kind of seems like it's become a little bit, yeah, it's becoming a little bit of a news source. So, what was your first event or first race you kind of looked at, looked into it? But the f very first one I looked at, and again, it was just random, it was um, actually the Fort Lauderdale A1A Marathon. Um, I was it was the 2015. It was the one that took place in January 2015. I looked at it. It was a few, you know a few months later, and just again scanning the results, I found a woman who 
missed you know two intermediate splits her first bit split was slow it stood out amongst the other finishers you know in the area where she was you know 15 minutes behind the people she finished with um did more digging found social media she posted a picture on the course at mile marker 20 so that gave me another data point um race photos she had an outfit change i mean just kind of everything you know, maybe the first one i found wouldn't have been so interesting i just would have moved on um so that was really the first one i looked at and again it, it started out kind of random before i got a little more organized with you know what I look at so I went that way for a while just randomly looking at races and I you know kind of got to the point I'm like well yeah I'm finding people that cheated with Boston qualifying times how many people actually take that and actually run Boston and that's where I you know kind of started um, systematically looking through Boston results and kind of going backwards to try to determine who you know cheated you know to run Boston so you you also recently I, I read your post about uh, uh, bib meals and the people who carry other people's bib to qualify for Boston. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, there there's seems to be there's a, a decent amount of that, and that's the kind of thing that you're not going to notice just by looking at race results. You know, these people in many cases they're you know they're good runners they're not missing splits so i you know a timer's not going to catch them if as long if they make it to the start line um one of the most um interesting cases of that was and i determined it after looking at the 2016 boston marathon results uh, there were three runners that were very high on my priority to review and i prioritize them roughly based on people who run Boston at a much slower pace than what they qualified. There's a lot more goes into it, but that's the basic. Um, and I think two of the top 10 I noticed were part of this, uh, the same running club. And then there was another one and you can tell, you know, they were wearing the, the shirts for the running club. Um, looking back at photos on the qualifiers, one member of the running club ran qualifying times as a quote bid mule for three different members of the club um so that's probably one of the most egregious examples but yeah you know, i see a decent amount of that one i just wrote about had to do with the um, travel agency in france for the 2015 results um this travel agent i Again, for the same reason, when I was reviewing 2015, I came across a lot of runners that ran in the Mount Saint Michel Marathon in France. Small marathon, but I'm coming across a bunch of them. Um, then eventually, I found that there's a finish line video for all the runners. None of these runners were showing up at the finish line, so they were actually added into the results without even running. Um, and then French media got a hold of that, and they tracked it back down to this uh, travel agency. Um, I Probably about this time last week, I got a call about this travel agency again, questioning how, you know, saying he's advertising that he has guaranteed Boston bibs, which Boston typically doesn't do or not to that extent. Um, I think he was advertising he had 20 bibs. You know, you don't need to run a, a Boston qualifying time in order to, you know, to run Boston. Um, and so what I discovered was that they were using bib mules uh, to get these people qualifying times. And actually the owner of the travel agency himself was on video carrying across bibs. Um, you can match the time, the finish time along with when he crossed it. And so those, those runners who had paid for these packages, they've been removed from the Boston registration for 2017. Wow. So, so is this kind of uh, marathon cheating goes on and the trying to get a bigger event or, or is it a, a widespread to spread to go to some of the other events too? Uh, I guess just to Boston for you, you're looking at the Boston more focused, correct? Because, because of its qualifying time, does it happens for like a, like what I said, does it happen for New York city marathon and other races? 
places too. Yeah, it happens for, and again, what I kind of focus on is Boston, but yes, it happens for, you know, New York City Marathon, anything where there's a barrier to entry, where there's limited, you know, where there's demand and limited supply. Um, you even see it for, you know, people doing it to try to move up a corral like in Disney because they want to stop and take pictures with the characters and they want to have enough time. Um, so, I mean, it's a different <laughs> level. We laugh at that, but for those people, that's as serious as Boston is. Um, you know, they don't want to get swept because, you know, you get for those kind of destination races, you'll get a lot of runners who maybe aren't trained, um, you know, as much as somebody would be for Boston. So if they start in the back of the crowd, they were, they were, they're going to get swept. And, you know, that's what's called the, the balloon ladies is what they call it. There's volunteers, you know, typically, uh, you know, women carrying balloons. And if you get, if they pass you, then you're behind pace and then you're likely you're going to get swept. So that, that's a big thing that I kind of stumbled upon and found interesting. So there's it's all, all different reasons. Um, some of it's just social media. People just wanting to, you know, post on social media that they're, you know, qualified for Boston or ran this race or, um, or for, you know, there's a lot of, you know, running bloggers out there, as you know, and, you know, for, you know, there's sponsorships there and there's perks to that. So I've seen, you know, all different reasons for running clubs, like the Jane CEO story that kind of went viral. Um, you know, she was trying to get a time that would qualify her for, you know, an upper level of her running club. Um, it's just, so I see all kinds of, all kinds of reasons that's, that's made laugh at, but it's, you know, to them, it's, it's, yeah, it's dead serious. So tell us about uh, the recently uh, you had one from A A one A, A1A, I think. Um, yeah. Down in Fort Lauderdale, um, that that story went really viral on that. So tell us about a little bit about that. How how did you yeah. come about? Yeah, actually, I, I got a tip on that one. Typically, I wouldn't proactively be looking at a half marathon result, um, but I got an email that the second place woman finisher had cut the course. So um, so I started looking at the um, you know at the results, and the tipster had done a lot of that too, as far as saying, hey, she missed these splits you know she put up uh gps time but there's no splits and so i i dug deeper and um it was obvious by her splits first of all it was a hot day and she ran a what would be a big negative split if you calculate it with you know not discounting the fact that she actually missed a missed a mat and then going on to her social media on her strava account uh, and she had initially posted a time without any data behind it um and then after that she posted you know, a map of the course, you know, 13.1 miles, um, you know, with a time that was actually, I think, a little bit faster than what she finished. But if you look, she looks like she traversed the course after the actual race. And then looking at cadence data, you know, it was obvious it in heart rate data, you know, it was obvious she was riding a bike. So she didn't have GPS data that backed up her time. So she went afterwards and biked the course to try to fake GPS data. Um, then initially, you know, my thought was, well, we didn't know that was the reason at the time. You know, we knew she biked the course afterwards. Maybe she had energy and she wanted to bike the course. Um, so my thought was, well, why would you have manual GPS data? Maybe you forgot your watch. So that's when I looked at her race photos and saw she had her Garmin on. In the finish line photo, I could tell that it, it was on. You could tell there was a display. So I went ahead and bought the HD version of it and zoomed in. And you can see she ran 11.65 miles, not 13.1. So that was kind of the dagger. Um, <laughs> yeah, I saw that picture too. So, so yeah, and, and that <laughs> one, I think for all those reasons, and then plus, you know, she, you know, her employment, she's a Huffington Post writer and Harvard grad, which I didn't, I didn't write about that, but media picked up on those aspects. And I think all that just combined to make that viral. Like, I mean, I can't tell you how many interviews I, you know, did on that and then eventually i started you know <laughs> refusing him because like yeah you know, <laughs> if i thought she had i i started feeling bad for her at one point um uh, but i mean i was uh, again it was in you know new york post uh cnn bleacher report i mean any anything you can name um i turned down inside edition it was that was about a week afterwards and like i said that's that's enough um so it was on uh, teen vogue and cosmopolitan picked it up wow women's running and all that so it was yeah literally every, everywhere so but, 
yeah, on one hand, I'm kind of conflicted on that. I'm like, oh, God, she, she, yes, she cheated, she lied, she had a second place finish. I mean, everything she did, did was horrible. But, um, you know, if it wasn't for these other circumstances, you know, she wouldn't have got quite that much attention. <laughs> I mean, I run across ones as far as the action itself on the course. I run across stuff like that every week that doesn't get, you know, picked up. You know, to me, the the tour the tour agency, the travel agency store that I just did was bigger than any of that, but it, it doesn't get as much attention. So I, I did feel bad for the reasons why that one went viral, you know. Yeah. It, 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 and then I'm dealing with a lot of people who I think are probably a lot worse than what yeah, what Jane is that you know don't get definitely. But again, um, a lot of a lot of us runners, day in and day out, we train, practice, we go out there, we make it uh, do whatever we can to <laughs> either run faster or you know just make it through. You know, yep. and a story like that just makes us a lot of us angry because you know you know why do it? You know, a lot of us uh, we we're there to qualify, but we qualify when our on our own will. So. So as you look at this uh, data, data points, uh, uh, how, how many different sources of data do you bring in? And do you look at the results or do you, I mean, it looks like this time you looked at the results and pictures and Strava and all. So how deep do you go in? I mean, like for a typical race, because, you know, right now in the past, I kind of told you how I was looking at people that already ran Boston to see where they cheated. You know, now I'm kind of trying to look forward and prevent people from running, you know, in the first place. So if I'm pulling any you know, race, um, race results, um, um, I'll, I'll download the results and I have some data scientists and people that help me scrape it. So if, you know, so I'm not looking one by one, I get all the results of the splits in the spreadsheet. Um, so then I can do some calculations. I'll calculate each individual split, um, look for big variances, you know, miss splits as well, but a miss split by itself doesn't mean you cheated. It just means you had a miss split. Um, so usually I need to have that combined with you know, a real fast pace or something. So, um, so yeah, so my first step is just to kind of look at the data, um, you know, I'll, I'll pull out the Boston qualifiers and I'll look for suspicious looking splits. And that's when I start digging in. Okay, let me see the photos. Um, you know, are they in all the photos they should be? Um, you know, is there anything on social media? You know, are they claiming this is a legitimate result? Maybe someone got tired and just cut the course, bailed and went home. Um, you know, do I see them holding up the medal and, and, and doing all that stuff? Just, to, um, you know, I'm not gonna write a story about somebody who got tired and walked off the course and ended up tripping a mat um, at the at the end. Um, so yeah, but I'll typically, so once I get past okay hey these runners these times are suspicious some of them are obvious hey this person didn't run the course they didn't run a four minute mile um you know four minute pace or five minute pace over the last six miles after starting at 10 minutes so a lot of that's obvious i don't need to go deeper um when i report that to a race um then there's some that just look um there's one i'm dealing with uh, i was a runner at rock and roll uh, dc where it's he didn't miss any mats um but he had like He's going from seven minutes and you have like a five and a half minute pace in there that just, you know, it just doesn't look right. You know, so, you know, I was digging deeper there and, you know, I graphed it out versus all the runners to show, hey, he was the fastest by far relative to his overall pace. So I'll really get in deep to the data in those cases and then looking at the history too say that pace that he ran for um you know from 13.1 to 20 miles is faster than his personal record 5k time um you know just more to dig in and even if it's not irrefutable you know to get the race to maybe ask for some gps or some backup data from the runner just to you know, try to clean it up so yeah so it can get pretty in depth depending on how cut and dry it is definitely uh, yes if you look at my results you'll see <laughs> ups and downs <laughs> Because some years I have running fast, or even some races, but but um, I'm just keep on trying uh, because it happens, you know. <laughs> it's funny you say that because I have, you know, whenever I, it comes up about, you know, I call it like the Boston Project, where I, you know, it says I flag runners or 
numbers and who am I going to review? I review those that run slower. I get so many emails and comments on people saying, yeah, I didn't cheat. I ran, you know, I know I ran slow, but don't, you know, don't accuse me of cheating. And some people get really mad. Like I'm not, I, I need, need to, there's, you know, 26,000 qualifiers for Boston. I can't look at them all. The best way I know to, I'm assuming that the people who cheat are the ones who can't get there the right way. So that's that's the way I'm going to start. That's just how I'm going to prioritize my list. But man, people get defensive if they think they, you know, they fell on my list. And and if they didn't cheat, I'm going to I'm going to look at them. And I'm going to see if they're that you know that it was actually them that ran the race in the qualifier and in Boston and I'll, and. That'll be about it. You know, maybe look at their splits at the qualifier. So it'll take me like two minutes to clear somebody who did not cheat. Um, but yeah, it's yeah. crazy how people get you know, do the same thing. Or see, like, <laughs> sounds they know I might, you know, people are like, oh, it's no fair. You know, we feel pressure to you know, run fast because you might look at us otherwise. I'm, unless you cheat. I, I, to my knowledge, I've never written about somebody that I was you know, wrong about. It has to be pretty. Um, I don't think I've ever reported anybody where it was, def- you know, where it was. I was wrong. It's funny that you say that because I qualify. My qualifying time is 320. And when I ran Boston, I ran like 4.30. I was drinking beers. and today I, I, supposed I, I, to... <laughs> I guarantee I looked at you and I probably cleared you. So, <laughs> yeah, probably you did. <laughs> You're like, oh, yeah, yeah, that would have been. Yeah, yeah, and there's reasons. And I see a lot of, you know, I'll see people running with, you know, with spouses or friends. It's obvious running. You can tell they're with the same people in all the photos. They're just enjoying it. They're posing for the camera. I, I see a lot. I'll come across um, a lot of pregnant women who are obviously, you know, pregnant while they're running because they'll have a shirt on that'll say, you know, with the baby on board or whatever. Baby's first Boston. So I see that. I'm like, okay. That's why they're running slower. That's a reason. That's so <laughs> I, I'm not confused with cheating. So it's yeah, I, it's yeah. funny. Yeah, it's funny because uh, I probably was in a here right or 2015. You know, I, yeah, I, I I enjoy big races. When I get to big town, big big city marathon, I like <laughs> to enjoy them. So because I don't, I don't know when I'm going to go back. So I'm going to be running a marathon this fall. Hopefully a fall marathon if I'm you know if I'm prepared enough to get through it. But God help me if I miss a mat. <laughs> I'm sure I'll hear about it. <laughs> I'm like man, I'm going to wear like it can be like. Three, yeah, well, don't give me three bibs because I'll be a bit mule. Yeah, that, yeah. Uh, no one's going to qualify for anything off of my time. So yeah, but no uh, but you, as you pass the mat, you make sure that you hear that bib sound. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like alert on my phone before I go further. Yeah, so. take a picture and selfie and all. So yeah, so that yeah, nobody maybe GoPro the whole way. Yeah, uh, I'll, have my, I'll have like two GPSs on my phone. Yeah, I'll be covered. Definitely. <laughs> so leading up to that question, I was going to ask you earlier. So are you a runner yourself, or are you say you're going to do your first marathon? Well, I've I've done ten marathons. The last one's been about seven, eight years ago. So my daughter is seven years old, so you can see the connection there. So um, <laughs> yeah, so I kind of when I started running, really I started running and I ran a marathon like six months later. None of them were fast, but I kind of really loved the marathon. So I ran ten marathons in about three and a half years, um, and then I haven't done it since. I did a couple of twenty-four hour races shortly thereafter, but um, beyond that, nothing. So yeah, so. Um, get on the horse again and um either columbus or las vegas this fall i'm planning on doing planning on doing another one so i'm starting up the starting to get back into running shape now definitely so as you uh do this investigation you at the beginning you start on your own that's how it sounds like now are you getting called from the races uh, race official to saying hey you know can you look at some of our data results or anything like that or or are you just going on your own still yeah, um, now it's kind of, it, it's really changed since 
you know, since the there was the Today Show did an article, you know, did a piece on me, and since I, you know, and then the Jane CEO in particular, where it seems like now, at least at this point, you know, when I email race directors and timers, they respond pretty quickly now. Um, you know, in the past, I was probably just a crazy guy emailing about results, you know, <laughs> every, every time. But it seems like yes, yeah, so I'm definitely getting more. And yeah, I've had some um, conversations with some races on, you know, on working with them, you know, more officially. Um, nothing's yeah. Yeah, nothing, 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 nothing yet. But yeah, definitely, um, you know, I have relationships with a lot of the different timers and we you know with, um, you know, a number of the different, you know, marathon groups and in race groups. So, yeah, so it's um, um, definitely seems like it definitely seems to be heading that way. Definitely. Uh, uh, tell us about, uh, are you like uh, only uh, uh, one of the type? Uh, because I know that there's a, there's a marathon investigation goes on from the individual races, but uh, you seems like the only, only person or only a website does for a wide variety of races and events. Is that correct? Yeah, that, that, that's correct. Um, I, again, I know some guys regionally who will, um, you know, who look at, you know, I know there's a friend of mine in New York City, he'll look at most of the New York City results. He's key coaches, so he looks at ones that mostly involve his runners to make sure you know and does that but it's, yeah, as far as on kind of this national big scope um I'm, i'm the only one that i'm aware of that creates a pretty good niche uh, market for you yeah Tell- it's mm-hmm. kind of stumbled into it but yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah isn't that how it works in life so <laughs> you just keep on doing things and then you stumble across and you just you just end up doing almost a full-time now for the seems like for you yeah i simply have two full-time jobs now we'll see how that we'll see how that changes going forward yeah <laughs> um, definitely um uh, tell us about uh, you said you had branched out a little bit how far have you branched out have you gone to the trail ra- racing you know or or just stay within the marathon or boston marathon i know you said triathlon and you looked at some of the half marathon so tell us a little bit of what areas have you branched out yeah no i've kind of branched out and again it's as you know people kind of report stuff to me i'm not finding a lot of that on my own um you know there was um yeah i looked at a triathlete um and he, he came into attention again somebody reported me to him but he was trying to set a guinness record for the most um i may have the terminology wrong but it's the most iron man i think it's 70.1 you know mile races so he's trying to set a record for the most within a calendar year um at the same time he was doing some you know fundraising um and so as we dug into the races um started looking kind of at, at the fundraising and it was a little bit um a little bit suspect um as far as as um, you know he, he had sponsorships but um, he was taking donations um, on his website to it was the wish runner uh, the wish runner fund or the wish runner project and so the question and he had a video and it was talking about how donate there that 50, you know that 10% goes to make a wish like well where does the rest go so I kind of brought that up so I mean as he responded to me all those donations he was 85% of that was covering his race fees and it really wasn't specified so really all I wanted like, if people wanted to donate like that and they knew that's where it was going that's up to them but it, it it just seemed questionable to me. So I, you know, and on top of that, he was, you know, his race, his time on the first race that he attempted was highly questionable. He had his pace on the run portion of triathlon was w- way faster than his personal record in any standalone race. So from the cheating, you know, cheating part, I had that and then the other stuff kind of got into it. So, and that's the ones if I'm going to typically, when I name a runner or name somebody on my website, there needs to be something like that. You know, you need to, you know, is he profiting in somehow? Are they getting other benefits somehow besides just running a fast race so because i know now when i when i write about somebody they're going to know about it and you know their family's going to know about it their workplaces are going to know about it so I'm, i'm a lot more careful about about who i um you know will call out by name it has to be usually pretty egregious for me to you know go that step if, even if i even though i know that some people can look up bibs and probably determine who i'm talking about you know when you search them in google they're not going to you know come on my site um you know by me writing about them uh, now jane ceo i didn't even write i didn't even have her name in the article if you google her now all the other articles come up on her but 
obviously I was responsible for, you know, bringing her out. Uh, tell us about what's the hardest part of uh, whatever things you do as a marathon investigator. Uh, try try to find this uh, investigate. What is the hardest part for you? Uh, from an investigation point? An investigation point. Like you all yeah. mentioned just a minute ago, you know, bringing people's name, you know, sometimes it's not. Yeah. You know. It's yeah. It's when um yeah. It's, it's sometimes it it can be like the contact you know because I do you know if I'm gonna write about somebody by name I'm gonna con I'm gonna do everything I can to contact them before I write an article about them and it's some of those conversations um that that's the difficult most difficult part either um you know either they're just yeah someone's begging for mercy or you know you know which if if they if somebody admits it and you know is coming clean then I'll you know I'll, I'll work around having to name them in an article um but then when you know just talking to people who are just you know you get threatened you get lied to and you hear all kinds of outrageous stories and having to kind of deal with that part of it. I'm typically pretty introverted. You know, I'm a numbers guy. I'm a math guy sitting in front of my computer and having to deal with all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, is, is not my favorite part of it. And, you know, having to talk, you know, after I write about people or have, you know, having them try to, um, convince me or bully me or do you know take something down um that, that i know is true is is frustrating and yeah not my favorite part of it <laughs> definitely I, i'm not looking to ruin anybody or do anything like that so again it's you know i have to be you know now having to be kind of more careful and more political and you know since i know where it's going to get out to instead of just kind of going about the numbers and you know and putting it out there is yeah is yeah. something i'm still kind of waiting through definitely tell us about what's the what's the best thing you like about things what you do sounds like you like a lot so yeah i mean i like you know man, yeah i love you know dealing with numbers and it's kind of you know, it's solving a puzzle it's solving a mystery in some cases um you know but yeah basically it's right it's kind of you know writing the wrongs you know if somebody's on a podium that doesn't belong to some that means somebody else was left out uh, you know the time i heard from the runner who was right on the you know you know, was right on the edge of the Boston qualifying. She qualified and she was, you know, the last one in. She was in at the at the very limit um, of the time. And she emailed me thanking me for, you know, figuring that, you know, I kept enough runners out that got her in, which you know, it probably is the case, um, you know, in the ones that I you know, caught leading up to 2017 Boston. So, um, so it's those. Um, yeah, the one case, um, there was a runner in London, a young, young man who was running his first race and he was accused and he was removed from the results because he missed the first mat and, you know, had a split that looked impossible. It looked like he looked like he had cheated, but um, I was able to uncover that there was a timing error at the London Marathon um, where they had his start time wrong, so it so it made the paces look off. So I was able to get him back into the results. So um, so, so those kind of things, because you know, everyone asks me how I can focus on all this negative negativity all the time. It's because if you get rid of the people who are cheating, then somebody else is getting bumped up or somebody else is getting the recognition they deserve. Well, I talked to the Boston Marathon race director. He's, he doesn't like to cut. 3,000 people, but uh, out of that, you know, probably in the future or with your help, you will be able to bring in at least two, 300 people who are cheating or trying to get in, in, in the Boston by cheating, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah, and I think it's a yeah, decent number because I've only, I only typically look at the first year I looked at 12, I want to say it's 12 or 1300 runners and, you know, found, I think it got up to close to 60 or 70 by the time, you know, even now I find some that, I, you know, there that, that cheated out of that number. Now I'm looking at the ones that are most likely to have cheated, but yeah, the total number that run Boston either by, you know, cheating in the qualifiers or, and then you have people selling bibs, um, which technically, I mean, they already had their bibs, you know, would somebody else get in if they didn't sell it? Probably not. But, um, you know, you get a number of those as well. Um, but yeah, I think combined those, I'm thinking it's probably about 400 or so runners a year that, you know, probably run Boston that shouldn't. Definitely. Not counting the bandits. Yeah, not counting bandits. Yeah. So what inspires you to do what you do? 
Um, yeah, it's um, you know, again pretty much just trying to trying to clean it up and trying to again you know kind of fix things and make, make an impact. Um, and now it's you know once it kind of got out there, um, when I was first doing this and started deciding, hey, let's look at Boston and figured a way to do it. Um, yeah, be honest, it kind of you know it was getting to be um, you know tedious and it's a lot of just looking at individual results and stuff. But then when Runners World called, they got a, you know someone told them about the project and that, that kind of reinvigorated me. Then as people started finding out about me, you know it's kind of an obligation to you know to react and hunt down if somebody sends me a, a tip or wants you know wants me to help with a runner and stuff so yeah so it's you know kind of yeah so yeah it's part obligation but you know again and it's for the you know, for the few times a year or whatever where i you know where i really vindicate somebody or uncover something particularly you know egregious like the travel agent scam or whatnot so that, that's what kind of keeps me going definitely uh tell us about uh as the boston marathon 2017 is coming up uh what are you looking forward for that looks like your starting point. Looks like most of the year. So yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's kind of it's, it's almost like my Christmas morning. <laughs> but, um, you know, after Boston, because I, I know I mean I'm gonna get you know I'm gonna get tons of you know tips even starting that day. Uh, people seeing, hey, this runner was in my corral. There's no way he doesn't look like he could have qualified to you know to have this low of a bib number. So it starts with that. I had um, kind of jumping off here. I had I think five or six tips on the same runner last year, and saying there's no way this guy. Um, he's wearing like K-Swiss shoes. He's wearing, there's no way this guy could have qualified to be in this corral. It turns out he just gained a lot of weight. Um, he, I looked at everything and it turns out, you know, no, he, he qualified legitimately. But I, that also tells me, you know, people aren't, you know, people aren't going to, you know, I'm getting tips on most of the obvious ones. So it's going to be harder to get away because people are looking. But yeah, so my, my first step, uh, once the, you know, when the registration was released, I, you know, I quickly looked at see if anybody I had spotted caught as cheating previously. Um, and then once bib numbers were released, that's when I was able to, um, I've already identified qualifying marathons for probably about 80% of the runners. Uh, cause I have, I have a downloaded database of all the marathon, marathon results from the past two and a half years. So that covers the qualifying window. Um, so and that just helps me uh, with my analysis as I get more in depth. Um, so as soon as the results are in, I can quickly, um, you know, I know what qualifying races to look at for each runner and I can quickly kind of plug them into my algorithm and prioritize it and start reviewing right away. Um, one thing I'm doing differently, I found the first couple years, um, the first year in particular, I was reviewing a lot of runners that qualified the downhill marathons because they qualify those a lot quicker than they can run Boston because they're downhill marathons. Um, so I could try to adjust for that last year. didn't do a real good job. Now this year, I'm, you know, I have a better you know, system in place. To, so I'm not looking at everybody who qualifies at St. George as an outlier because, you know, they can't run Boston as fast as they can run downhill amount, down a mountain. Yeah. So, so I'll look at that. So I'll, I'll look at the, you know, the, t- the times, the average Boston times and predict, um, you know, based on the average times of the field, predict what times based on what qualifying race and qualifying marathon, predict what time they should have finished Boston in and then prioritize my results and, you know, start going down the list. Definitely. Looks like you, you'll be on my top of the list again this year. So <laughs> <laughs> depends how fast I will run. I just ran a hundred mile race and about run a marathon before Boston. So we'll yeah. see. Well, one thing, actually, you might be off. Yeah, the one thing I'm doing also, if if I've previously looked at you and I cleared you, I'm probably going to filter you off the list or put you way down, you know, because they, you know, okay, this guy runs Boston slower than he runs everywhere else because he's having a good time. So, so that might kind of, if I've already cleared somebody in the past, I probably won't look at them. You know, I'm not, not going to say it's free, free reign to start cheating because I'm not going to look at you, but um, it's, you know, I'll probably prioritize you down quite a bit because I've already looked at you once and, yeah, and saw that you actually, you know, that you legitimately qualify for Boston. Definitely. Um, oh, as people are trying to find you, uh, how, how can how can they find you? You have a website. Uh, you know, I know, I know you have a website, and you have a Facebook page. 
Um, yeah, I've got, got, got all that. Uh, MarathonInvestigation.com. How did just go? Just go there. There's links to the Facebook and the Twitter there as well. So yeah, it's a Facebook page there. So when yeah, whenever I post an article, it goes right up on um yeah, it goes right up on the Facebook. And that's my that's my primary social media. Um, I have the Twitter. Don't use that as much. And trying to revamp that and change my name. So I want to give that out and send people to the wrong place. But yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, MarathonInvestigation.com and then the Facebook uh, page. It's just Marathon Investigation. So if somebody has to send send you a tip or just trying to clear their name, uh, yeah. They can there and there's a contact link um, but it's uh yeah it's derek it's derek at marathoninvestigation.com d-e-r-e-k and most of the time you only use a public data that's uh, available for for you to get correct so yeah yeah i don't have um access to anything else now i may you know some races may give me the you know the spreadsheet of data so i can look at it a little bit easier but yeah i don't um have access to anything that nobody else has definitely as as the racing season is beginning for spring and then people are training for fall what should they look out for uh, so so that they won't fall in this trap of cheating or or find the cheaters as well. So how, how does the how, what what do you say that? Um, yeah, just kind of you know keep your lookout and you know hey if you happen to see somebody you know cutting across the course and if you can you know remember to take a note of their bib then you know do that and just tell the race officials at the finish line you know or you know, or email them afterwards or you know it doesn't have to be through me. Um, you know I, I like to know just because then I'll know and it's you know whether off or not. But um, you know just look for. You know, look for something that doesn't seem right um, and to kind of protect yourself from, you know, getting accused. You know, if you have a, you know, save your GPS data, you know, if you heck, even if you have a Fitbit, if I could, you know, if we could see that you walked, so, you know, when this many steps at this pace, that's pretty close too. you know, and um, there's a woman right now who's, again, she, you know, her, she's missed splits in multiple races, um, you know, but doesn't have, you know. And she has a story that may be plausible to why it's, you know, why it's not registering for her. But um, again, for none of these races does she have GPS data, um, you know, she, and, she's, and she's had watches on. So if, you know, if you're, you know, legit, you know, and you have a GPS watch, make sure you, you know, make sure you have it and, you know, keep hold of the data until you're sure that you're, <laughs> all your splits register. <laughs> That's the one piece of evidence that you could give a race director. Like, hey, you missed all these matches. Well, here, it's my watch. And, you know, it's, it's difficult to modify that um, in a believable way. So that's the one piece of data you can present to a race to say, yeah, see, I really did run it. Uh, recently, um, uh, you, you, had a, you had a couple uh, they had the same bib, same bib number. Um, but I have seen, I have done myself where I, I switched my bib with my wife accidentally, and sometimes it happens. But some people do intensely. I think that's what happens. So just want to kind of mention that too. Yeah, yes, definitely. Make sure you you know, got your own bib. And yeah, I've seen that, and it's yeah. Sometimes it's accidentally. Sometimes it's on purpose. Um, I wrote about a the couple that was featured on the Today Show, or they, you know, did it. Well, they swat, he he would carry hers as well as. Um, but initially, it started that way. That one time they accidentally did it, and then she was getting all kinds of recognition, you know, through social media on her good, you know, on her good time, and that kind of, you know, one thing led to another, and then they, he continued carrying her bib um, at, at future races. So it kind of, yeah, it's uh, kind of, yeah, yeah. kind of. Then yeah. that was kind of a social media thing um, as well. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely be, make sure you yeah, double check yeah. your bib. Yeah, I remember her being the first overall, and she was passed by many ladies. I was like, "What? How? How does that work?" And later on, I found yeah. out that we switched our bib because I was carrying her. <laughs> I said, "No, nah, we can't take this." Yeah, and there was even errors. I was running. It was funny. It was my last. Yeah, it was the marathon. And I'll I'll come clean on this one where I signed up for the marathon. It was after doing my twenty four hour race. I'm like I did, you know, I did almost 70 miles I can I can do a marathon in a month um, and by the time I got to the halfway point I was dead but at Columbus it's the same exact course and then 
the half marathoners cut out maybe 200 yards and the marathoners keep going. I'm like, I'm done. I said, I can't do it. There's no point. I'm starting to walk already. It's going to be a long ride. So I went and, but I, but I got a, um, you know, but I it was never in the full marathon results. I got a, had a half marathon time, um, didn't take the medal. But the funny thing was, as I'm driving home, I'm getting like the instant alert saying I passed this mat. It's it, uh, live alerts were saying I had a Boston qualifying time. It was <laughs> doing somebody else's chip or something. So I'm getting all kinds of way to go, Derek. I, I'm like, I'm driving home. I'm like halfway home and I'm getting alerts. People are <laughs> congratulating me on qualifying for Boston. It was never in the times. It was just a glitch with the, it was probably in the early days of when, you know, we start getting like the live text alerts or I think that was through Facebook. Sure. Um, it wasn't even, it was never me. I, I, was, I was never at the time that it said. But I could see where, hey, thanks. You know, I, I could have taken that and ran with it and said, yeah, I qualified for Boston and run to Boston. And then, you know, then there I am. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we have to come clean. That's what I know for sure. And sometimes we do make a mistake, uh, especially I run a lot of trails, trail running. We unintentionally, yeah. we end up, you know, going the wrong trail, flag looks the same, then you end up in a, that's, a, that's, but even, even those situations, I ask runners to come clean with the race director maybe he will let you run around you know we you know trail racing is a lot easier to go and run a few more miles and, and oh, yeah. cover that but but don't try to come you know you know don't try to say that you finished the whole thing that you haven't so yeah yeah and there's, there's instances of that i've you know run across the one the one woman who you know runs the marathon series for and says is claiming the most marathons lifetime marathons most in a year and yeah, there's been allegations you know she finished Badwater twice and it was just it's obvious she didn't you know, that she cut the course and you know same kind of thing it's like she's saying she did it there's a bunch of runners who's like you never passed me there's no way uh, but it's in a sense kind of harder to prove one way or another too with the trail races you don't have you know you don't have you know you got checkpoints but you don't have you know you don't have timing mats in between them so. Definitely, it's just it's and uh, the one I ran the hundred mile uh, race recently. Those courses are so close together, you could just jump from one to the next, and just no one will know it. But but you know, you you have to know, I guess, uh, as a runner, uh, you have to be honest because that's why we are out there. So yep. so as we closing our interview, uh, do you have any order advice to people out there who are listening to us, uh, either running, racing, maybe maybe did cheat once and <laughs> you know want to come clean or anything like that would you like to give a word of advice yeah yeah no if you find that anything can happen on race day you know you're in the moment you're tired you can make a bad decision you know but if you do that you know and you start thinking, thinking twice about it. Just email the race director. Say, hey, I didn't really finish this. Take me out of the results. And usually they will. They're not going to question you. They're not going to shame you at that point. Um, you know, so if you kind of made a bad decision, regret it, definitely, definitely tell them and you know make it right. If you, you know, if you picked up an age an award, you know, send it back. Um, and then you know that'd probably be the end of it. Um, and again, yeah, don't don't let one you know bad snap decision kind of snowball into something worse. Um, like you did with Jane CEO, kind of act like everybody's watching you at all times and you know be on your best behavior because you never know when you know cheating at a small marathon in Florida is going to go viral. <laughs> just <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, she obviously if she would have understood the you know what kind of attention could have come from that, she you know I don't think she would have done it. Definitely. Well, thanks for your time. Uh, Derek, uh, it has been a pleasure to talk to you. As we follow your uh, story on the marathoninvestigation.com, it'll be intriguing to see how many more people will like to go in the path of cheating so to qualify for Boston so or, or anything else. Yeah, any, any number of reasons. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of MRUN's podcast. Please subscribe to MRUN's podcast channel, Voice of Runners. Also, follow mruns.com's social media handle marathon runs on twitter facebook and instagram for recent updates photos and more